You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no, go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance, go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Telmuse. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening to you, one and all. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and who is my business? Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. It's so very good to have each and every one of you here with us listening live, and who will be listening to us later on in the archives. Well, what a week, what a week, what a week it has been. I have to tell you that right before, sorry about there being a brief interruption of me coming alive on the mic, Johnny, 
and I were literally running around the booth turning off fans uh, because that's how damn hot is in Texas right now. And I figured you didn't want to listen to me throughout the whole show with behind me. We don't have a lot of new fans here, but they're, they're powerful. They're old. They're the old uh, rot metal, solid metal green shop fans. And uh, they keep us cool, but they're no good behind a mic. Well, what a show we have got for you tonight. Here in just a little bit, we're going to go on over to the newsroom. We're going to be talking uh, with uh, our friend, Patchy Fogg, there about what's going on, what's auspicious, what happened on this date, and all of that sort of thing. And then we're going uh, to hear uh, those lucky numbers, as always, and stop on by. And we're going to have one of the getting ready to be near the end now. Only two or three more left to go in our ongoing series about uh, reading with uh, playing cards. And tonight we're going to be getting into uh, doing hoodoo and doing spell work uh, with those playing cards now that we've been talking about how to read them and how those two relate to each other. Then we're going to go to the uh, the kitchen and we're going to be talking about alfalfa. And then after that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have here live on the show a very special guest indeed. A friend of mine and hopefully a friend of yours, the one, the only, that's right, Miss Aida. Oh, yes, Miss Aida, a well-known worker and reader and the author of, just released this year in May, Cursing and Crossing, Hoodoo Spells to Torment, Jinx, and Take Revenge, on your enemies and she has been so kind as to she's calling in and from wherever she is so hopefully cool and nice and she's going to be calling into the studio and we're going to be having a live interview with her in the second half of the show and we hope you will stay with us before we get to any of that. I want to say a little something. I want to say a a goodbye. I want to say a goodbye to June Foray. And some of you may not know uh, who Ms. Foray was. Uh, June Foray was called the Queen the the actual queen of animation and she was the voice of many 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 beloved characters uh, some of which many of us grew up with uh, witch hazel and others but she was most well known as rocky the flying squirrel and natasha fatal And she died this very day, and I just wanted to say goodbye, and thanks for all the joy, and Moose and Squirrel will pay for this. 
So that's all I had to say. And now let's take over to the LMC Radio Newsroom and see what Patchy Fogg has to say. Take it away, Patchy. Good evening. Today is Thursday, July 27th, the 208th day of 2017. There are 57 days until autumn begins and 157 days left in the year. The 29th through the 31st will be auspicious days to cut firewood, cut hair to increase growth, mow to increase growth, dig holes, and wax floors. These will also be good days to start seed beds, extra good days for fall cabbage, lettuce, cauliflower, mustard greens, and other leafy vegetables, and good can be planted now. These will also be good days for evening time fishing. Today's highlight in history comes to us from this date in 1974 when the House Judiciary Committee voted 27 to 11 to adopt the first of three articles of impeachment against then-sitting President Richard Milhouse Nixon. May we get so lucky again. Also on this date in 1789, President George Washington signed a measure establishing the Department of Foreign Affairs, forerunner of the Department of State. In 1866, Cyrus W. Field finished laying out the first successful underwater telegraph cable between North America and Europe. The previous cable, laid in 1858, burned out after only a few weeks. In 1921, Canadian researcher Frederick Banting and his assistant Charles Best succeeded in isolating the hormone insulin at the University of Toronto. In 1942, during World War II, the first battle of El Alamein in Egypt ended in a draw as Allied forces stalled the progress of Axis invaders. The Allies went on to win a clear victory over the Axis in the Second Battle of El Alamein later that year. In 1953, the Korean War armistice was signed at Panmunjom, ending three years of fighting. In 1960, Vice President Richard M. Nixon was nominated for president on the first ballot at the Republican National Convention in Chicago. In 1980, on day 267 of the Iranian hostage crisis, the deposed Shah of Iran died at a military hospital outside Cairo, Egypt, at age 60. In 1995, the Korean War Veterans Memorial was dedicated in Washington by President Bill Clinton and South Korean President Kim Jong-sam. In 1996, terror struck at the Atlanta Olympics as a pipe bomb exploded at Centennial Olympic Park, directly killing one person and injuring 111. Anti-government extremist Eric Rudolph later pled guilty 
to the bombing, exonerating security guard Richard Jewell, who had been wrongly suspected. And finally, in 2003, comedian Bob Hope died in Toluca Lake, California, at age 100. Today's birthday greetings go out to TV producer Norman Lear, who is 95 today. Actor Jerry Van Dyke is 86. Actor John Plachette is 75. Actress-director Old metal pick skater Pemmy Penny Fleming is 69. And our thought for the day comes from Will Rogers, American humorist, born 1879, died 1935, who said, quote, Diplomacy is the act of saying nice doggy until you can find a rock. End quote. This has been the news. From the LMC Radio Newsroom, read by Philip Fogg. And we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number. Oh, dreaming of lucky numbers. Hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers on each other, you and me. Superstition. Or even me. Table with 13 dishes. Is your name? May you be having tea? Hey, that's mommy. Yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in goof of dust. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky 11. Oh, that's usually in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Yes, and you need not just trust in goofer dust, as advised by the Nicholas Brothers, because we have the lucky numbers and card for you here each and every week. And each and every week they are brought to you by ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not slide over there and take a look? And this week's numbers are 25, 26, 30, 33. 42, and 51. Once again, those lucky numbers this week are 25, 26, 30, 33, 42, and 51. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 205. That's 205. Three four three. That's three hundred and forty-three. And nine one seven. I kid you not. Nine one seven. Nine hundred and seventeen. The card of the week is the Ace of Diamonds, a gift. This week we see the coming of unexpected gifts and small material gains. This will be a week of optimism and hope, even if just in small matters. A profitable time to plant seeds, both material and spiritual, and to finally start those projects you have been sitting on. Take care this week against being cynical, scornful, or fretful. 
our week runs Thursday to Thursday. So check in with the Now You Know Show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, <laughs> remember where you get. Until then, good luck to you all. Up next, from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, our own Miss Loretta with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Miss Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. All the girls around her say she's got it coming, but she gets it while she can. sent me. Uh, everybody was worried because I was sick, but I just had the summertime flu. It was no big deal, but thank you so much for sending in all your love and lovely thoughts. I sure do appreciate it. Tonight, I have a specialty for you, and this one was shared with me by none other than herself, Mrs. Christy Porterfield. That's right. The professor's wife gave me the idea for this, and so I want to give her a big thank you before I go any further. I didn't forget you, honey. So tonight we're going to have kind of my take on her recipe. So this is slow cooker beef tips over rice. And for this, by the way, this will make four servings, four people. For this dish, you will need the following. One and a half to two pounds of stew meat. One ten and three-quarter ounce can of cream of mushroom soup. One packet of brown gravy mix. One half a cup of water. That's all it needs. You do not need more water than that. And I know it makes people nervous. Sometimes they say, oh, it's not enough water. It is. One-fourth of a teaspoon of black pepper. And then you'll want to have set aside hot steamed rice for when you serve this. And it's a very simple and easy and quick recipe. To make this, place the cream of mushroom soup, gravy packet, water, and pepper in a three-quart or larger slow cooker. Stir it up until it's smooth and then add the meat into the sauce. Just as easy as you can be, right? Then cover and cook on low for eight hours without opening the lid during the cooking time. This is not one of these meals that you want to come back and forth and check and stir. You just start it, slap that old lid on, and do not bother it again. And that makes this an excellent, 
excellent recipe to start in your crock pot right before you walk out the door to go to work because by the time you get home, it's going to be perfectly ready. Once you have done all that and your eight hours have gone well, you're going to stir and ladle the meat and sauce. You can mix it up one final time and then ladle it out over your rice, and it is delicious. Some people prefer to serve this over egg noodles. And I will tell you that when I make this after, serve it over egg noodles. And unfortunately, my husband went nuts. Uh, apparently, it was uh, not. He didn't want it over egg noodles, and he didn't. He said it wasn't right to be. If, if I was going to make goulash, I should make whatever. So the next time I made it, I made it over rice, and he was quiet. So I like to serve this with a side of fresh steamed green beans, and it's just as simple as can be. And you can make it early in the morning, go to work, or do what you got to do with the kids or the house, come back in eight hours and have it. So the can of cream of mushroom soup would indeed be the, it would be the condensed, just, just a normal condensed old style cream of mushroom soup. And it will, it seems like it's very thick, but it will spread out because the meat will express a lot of juice to go along with that one half cup of your water. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I and my husband have. Uh, you can also add mushrooms or onions to this if you like as well. And until next week, I will see you again and bring you another recipe. So till then, bye-bye. Thank you, Miss Loretta. Um, okay, so I, I kind of know that recipe, actually. Miss Loretta did, in fact, add her own touches. She's correct. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a favorite of mine. Uh, you know, we, we have that here, and, and I, I've always liked it. So give it a try, and maybe you'll like it as well. Up next, we're going to go to one of the last two in our discussion about reading with playing cards. Tonight, we're actually going to be discussing about doing hoodoo and conjure and root work with those playing cards. And I mean I mean all of them. I mean from the red tin to the black tin, from the red eggs to the black eggs. I am the black eggs. I'm the ball caught in your hand. I am the black ace. I'm the ball caught in your hand. And I'll play for you, mama, if you please let me be your man. Never come inside. Sometimes a blockade never come inside. But I 
you, Mama, if you please will treat me right. Since I lived in a dead Mama, I'll lay close and tight. But I'll play for you, Mama, if you treat me right. If you don't want me, Mama, I said, please take me along. Cause I'll play for you, Mama, when a king is gone. That means when your husband's gone. I'll be your winner in any game you play. I'll be your winner in any game you play. And if you don't want me, Mama, please just let me stay. Cause you know you don't want me, Mama, you won't even say. That's all right, Mama, you're gonna need my help someday. I said, please, Mama, please don't drive me away. Cause I'll be a good fellow, Mama, if you please let me stay. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Well, tonight on our Name It and Claim It, we're just handing out regular old chocolate chip cookies. Now, they're very good chocolate chip cookies, don't get me wrong. But we don't got anything... Uh, too fancy uh, besides just good old-fashioned chocolate chip cookies. Now, we had a number of different uh, uh, sound-ins about this song. So, first of all, first, first, Catherine Ironwood, okay, who got the name of uh, the song. All right, so congratulations. That was indeed the Black Ace. I am the Black Ace. It was known by three different names. It was known by Black Ace, I am the Black Ace, and the Black Ace. This was a tricky one, okay, because this one had multiple correct answers. She gets the first chocolate chip cookie. She also gets the second chocolate chip cookie for identifying the artist as the Black Ace. That is also correct. You could have also... One, cookies, however, any of y'all, for saying that it was Babe Cairo Lemon Turner. That was his birth name. You could have also said it was B.K. Turner, as he went by that. You could have also said it was Black Ace Turner. You would have gotten a cookie for that. You could have also said it was Babe Turner. You would have gotten a cookie for that. And you could have also said it was Buck. You would have gotten a for that. And in fact, if anybody had mentioned that he was born in Hughes Springs, Texas, I would have given you a cookie for that as well. But that's what it was. And now we're going to talk a little bit about black aces and red aces and all sorts of cards. So until now, we have talked exclusively about reading cards. 
And apparently we have some sound breakup. I don't know why we're having sound breakup. I can only assume that it's uh, internet weather or blog talk. Uh, all of our equipment is uh, signed in and working correctly here. And I just had Johnny check it over for us uh, just to double check. And he says everything looks fine on our end. So I apologize if there is any, uh, you know, any sort of uh, degradation to the sound. Uh, but that being said, up till now, we have been talking exclusively about reading cards and reading playing cards and reading playing cards of the English style uh, uh, and reading them in the American style and primarily a style of reading that is seen in the South as well as my own style taken from that. Tonight, we're going to talk about using these cards. So why would we use playing cards? All right, let's talk about this a little bit. The first thing that needs to be said here is this. To effectively use playing cards uh, in Magic, and primarily I'm only going to be talking about Hoodoo and Conjure, but this would apply to other schools of thought, you must first have in your head an idea of the meaning of those cards. Otherwise, they're just cards. All right? But if the card has a significance, then the significance bleeds over. It can be used. But there are other reasons that the Christian reasons, I think, for using playing cards in hoodoo and magic. Let's go through a few of them. First of all, cost. Let's just start right there. Cost. Uh, you know, you could use tarot cards in Magic. I don't see any reason you couldn't, and I won't look at you side-eyed if you do. Why not use tarot cards in Magic? Except average cost of a cheap deck of tarot cards is still far more expensive than the cost of a deck of standard playing cards. Standard playing cards are fairly inexpensive. They can range up to being very expensive if you want a very fancy deck of playing cards. But generally, your average everyday old pack of playing cards is remarkably cheap. Next, we would talk about access. Playing cards are ubiquitous. I mean, they're everywhere. And almost every store you walk into, you can find a deck of cards from gas station to and every other place you do not need a specialty seller to buy a deck of cards. Again, there are specialty sellers who do sell specialty decks and very fancy and very beautiful and very ornate decks of playing cards. There are playing cards even uh, with, lined with gold. You can ask uh, my brother Kendall Kimbisa about that. But if you just want a regular pack of cards, they're pretty much everywhere in America, okay? The same cannot necessarily be said true of tarot cards. Certainly it is easy to buy a deck of tarot cards. You just buy it off of the Internet. They deliver it, put it in the mail. But if you just need to pop right out, I can walk down to the gas station right now. It's only about a block away and buy me a deck of playing cards. Because of these two together, cost and availability, we can now talk about disposability due to the lack of expense and the ease of 
getting a deck of playing cards. It's a simple matter to employ them in this mark them, air them, burn them, or require them to be left someplace. Left in somebody's home, somebody's mailbox, hidden inside a pillar, hidden inside a book, left at a crossroads, left at a graveyard, thrown into a river, thrown into the ocean, etc. You're really not, you know what I'm saying? You're not having to mess up or get rid of a single card out of your favorite tarot card deck. This inevitably leads to a question, which people ask me, and I'll answer it right now. Professor, what do you do with your broken decks? That's what we call a deck. If you have a deck that's missing cards, it's called a broken deck. What do you do with your broken decks? Well, I'll tell you what I do with my broken decks. I get four just envelopes. Okay, these are manila envelopes, but you can use a legal size envelope, anything that they'll fit that can take some width, and I break them up by suit. I take all of the hearts and put them in one envelope, says heart I take all the spades, clubs, an envelope for diamonds, and then I keep an envelope for the jokers. And so I do not need to constantly be breaking decks, if you see what I'm saying. In other words, let's say I needed to do a spell, and out of this spell, all I needed was the king of hearts, queen of hearts, and two of hearts. Obviously, I'm doing a love spell. And I did my love spell with those three cards, and they get burnt up, deployed, whatever. And now, okay, out of plus the joker, I out of my 50 remaining cards, I still have a lot of cards. So if I now need to do a piece of spell work that requires me to use oh the ace of spades nine of spades and ten of spades because i'm doing some serious curse work some death work well i've still got them so i just keep them like that and that way you always have a ready set of them in an envelope you can just go to although there are some pieces of work which use a brand new deck and so you may see when you start to encounter spells, tricks, and other things that use cards, you may notice that sometimes you see a piece of work and it says, you know, take out of a deck X card, get a hold of X card, as opposed to sometimes when it will say quite deliberately from a new deck or from a deck that's been used by the person you're going to work on, etc. Let's go back to our reasons. Another reason is symbolism, for lack of a better name. Playing cards are an integral and rich part of American culture. They appear in our stories, our songs, our literature, our movies, and the images of them are deeply rooted in our thinking, in our culture, and in our art. You really never have to explain to somebody who is American, who's been a, you know, is above the age of, I don't know, 10, uh, that is the death part, as an example. And then for myself, finally, the one of the reasons for me, this need not be a reason for you, is a certain degree of traditionalism. Uh, now, again, I'm not trying to get into some orthodoxy versus heterodoxy argument here, but uh, you know what I'm saying here. Uh, tarot cards are actually 
and this is all very general saying that they are more they are newer in hoodoo uh but not too new i mean again new is relative i'm not talking about yesterday it's been there for decades and decades and generations but before then and before the easy access of uh playing cards particularly after 1968 before that although there were tarot cards certainly in the community what you normally found was playing cards all right now we're going to be doing spells with them so what do we need to do spells with them uh professor well things things you want to have with you uh that might be a little different than some of the items you keep uh doing your normal spell work you're going to want to have a Sharpie. Uh, and I said a Sharpie. You see, most nowadays, playing cards, for the most part, are plastic coated. And this is to keep them, you know, from breaking down. Uh, this is also one of the reasons that in the history of playing cards, uh, the history of the playing card can be quite different, or difficult, I should say, to follow, because playing cards are made out of paper. They're made out of pasteboard. And so they decay rapidly, and we don't have a lot of excellent examples of 600-year-old playing cards, and whenever they're found, they are treasured and normally placed in museums. So this coating, though, makes it difficult to write on them. Certainly, you can't write on them effectively with a pencil. You can, with a little bit of dedication, write on them with a ballpoint pen, uh, but it's if you have hands that hurt uh, or you don't have a good ballpoint pen, it's going to be difficult to write on them, and normally by the time you've finished writing on them, you may have damaged or used up that ballpoint pen. Uh, Soft-tipped pens, like flare pens and things like that, will just smear. So you can write on it, but it's just going to get smeared up, and you're not going to be able to read what's there, and it's going to get all muddy and messed up. So the best pen for writing on a standard playing card is a permanent marker or Sharpie. And also, permanent markers and Sharpies come in a variety of colors, And so if you want to use a red one for your love work and a black one for your curse work or your blue one for your blessing work, you can easily obtain one. You'll want to have a needle and thread, but you'd want to have that anyway. You're already doing that. Needle and thread is one of the common tools, Uh, but you'll want to have it here because uh, cards are often sewn into something, clothing, hats, beds, pillows. Sometimes cards are sewn together, facing each other or back to back. And I have found that a curved or quilted needle is very well uh, a straight needle. And of course, you'll need thread, and, but you've already got thread, right? White, red, black, green. You know how to use that. You'll also find that uh, straight pins or solid metal head pins are good to have. Uh, particularly uh, tacks, push pins, or three penny or smaller nails. Because in spell work, cards may be tacked up. They may be tacked up on fences, door frames, doors, etc. But also they may be tacked, placed, or held to candles. And when you hold them to a candle, that's when it really when a solid metal head pin comes in handy. You do not want to use a plastic-headed pen or a plastic-headed push pen, particularly for candle work, as there is a good likelihood as the candle work is done, the card will catch on fire, and then the plastic tip of the tack or pin or push pin will also catch on fire. 
played the activate technologies, which is many times you may uh, cut apart cards or cut pieces of cards apart to add to other cards, etc. Finally, I will say to you that a big pink eraser is an excellent tool to have when doing card spell work. You know, the big pink eraser that you had in school, right? Not the blue one that supposedly erased ink and never did, but the big pink eraser. Now, why? Because I'll tell you a little secret. If you take a standard playing card and a big pink eraser, sit down with a little dedication, and start erasing the card, you can quickly wear through the plastic covering on that card in the spot where you are erasing, and you will immediately be able to erase, because of the kind of ink and dye that's used to print these cards, the ink from underneath. Why would I want to do that? Well, let me give you one example. Let's say you were breaking a jinx or curse off of someone, and you took the seven of spades to represent the work that had been done on them. Seven of spades is a card well suited to it. And you are going to do a seven-day ritual. Every day, you're going to be cutting away, knocking away at the jinx, the ill work, the tied-up nature, etc. that's been done to someone. Every day, you sit down as you're doing this, and as part of this, you take eraser and erase one of the spades from the card day by day along with your candle work and your other work you're doing to help break this jinx you take away one spade all right each day and when you erase those spades they will appear to simply have disappeared i can make a card that looks blank it just looks like it's a white card you never be able to tell that i erased on Careful not to erase too firmly because you can't erase through the card itself once you've gotten through the plastic coating. You could do the exact same action to rob someone of their blessings. You could rob them of their love by using, oh, break up a marriage. Okay? You could do that with a ten or nine of hearts. You could take away their riches with a seven of diamonds. And you're just erasing every day, one by one, as you're burning those negative candles. So you can do both positive and negative work. Let's talk about now a little bit quickly about the ways that we can use these cards. In other words, how do they fit into the context of hoodoo? And do they? Do they? Is this some new personal gnosis that you're trying to sell us here, Professor Porterfield? No, it is not tell you that there are traditional spells using playing cards not only in hoodoo and conjure but in witchcraft and European styles of magic and even Middle Eastern schools of magic that go back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and I can show you numerous real solidly collected Voodoo and conjure spells that involve various cards or whole decks of cards, as well as the fact that living to this day, there are still a good number of old folks who remember some of these spells. I have been lucky to encounter them and to encounter the historical 
examples as well. So, first of all, we can use cards as personal concerns. Now, people say, wait a minute, how can you use a card as a personal concern? Ah, a playing card that has been touched or played by a person can be a personal concern back to that person. This can be done. In fact, we have an example of, and this example comes to us from Madame Pauline of Savannah, Georgia, and she reported this in 1939, that in order to keep down a man's gambling luck, you take a playing cards. You take playing cards. The deuce, ten, jack, or king from a deck he has touched. You roll it up into a tube, tie it with a piece of number eight pearl cotton, and force it down into the hole of a gopher tortoise. The tortoise will push it down further into the hole, and as long as the card remains down there, the man's luck will stay down. The card need only have been touched or played by the man. It need not be from a deck he or the person who's doing the act owns. So, in a similar way, any touched card can provide a link to a target. Now, we can also accentuate this. Let's say we do a reading for someone. Okay? They sit down. We're going to do the reading. Obviously, they've touched our, the cards. We do the reading, and during the reading, they are identified in the reading by a significator. Let us say that they show up as, oh, the, we're reading for a lady, and she shows up as the queen of hearts. Poor queen of hearts. How, how loving she is. She wants to be everybody's friend. She wears a heart on her sleeve. She just wants to be a good mother and a good wife, and she's got some shit going on with her man. Now we can take, and here he is. Let's say he comes up in the reading, too, and let's say he comes up as the jack of spades. A little dangerous. He's not to stay at home. Thinks a lot about himself. We can take these two cards after the reading are done, Write her name and birthday down on her card. Write his name and birthday down on his card. And use them now in our spell work connected definitely to the woman we read for. She read it. But also connected because they came up through divination. You see, this is the link. This is the link. This is the reason we talked about divination. I know, I've gotten tons of letters. When are you going to talk about it? When are you going to tell us about it? Well, first, this is just like with frogs, okay? Yeah, we had to talk about ecology and ecological concerns before I was ever going to tell you a damn thing about frogs. And I had to talk to you about divinating with these cards before we talked about spell work. In fact, we had an entire segment about different forms of divination before we finally did this one. We had divination in you, now we had this one. It seems like it's at random. Uh... But it's not. We can therefore also use cards and petitions as, as we can use cards as petitions and as name papers. Okay, uh, we can write on them. They write on excellently. They make excellent petitions. They make excellent name papers. Uh, you could use a six of diamonds for road opening because of the association. Because it's, uh, you know. Streets paved with gold, an open path, and here it is about diamonds, about money. Uh, you can use this in many ways. If you would like to know more about that, 
I suggest to you the excellent book Paper in My Shoe by Catherine Ironwood. We can tear up cards and use them and use the bits of them or pieces of them. We can use the corners of cards that mark them with the indices in mojo bags. We can shred cards up and add them to things the same way you see shredded money added to things. They can be placed inside baby dolls. They can be pretty much turned into uh, ground up, if you will, torn up into tiny, 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 tiny pieces to be added to incense or powders. They can be uh, boiled in water along with our other substances to make baths, etc. So then also we want to know about how do we get it to, what do we do with it? Well, okay, let's cover some of this and talk about them. Paired cards. They've been prepared with names, sigils, oils, prayed over, smoked in incense, etc. Could be tacked above a door or window or to the side of a home or in the pickets of a fence to influence that property, positively or negatively. They could be stuck in the spokes of a bicycle wheel and the bicycle be driven past the target's house so they hear the the cards click clack I talked about that on Monday with Candelo Canvisa on his excellent show Candelo's Corner you should check that out you could if you are crafty enough good with your hands make a pinwheel as advised by Canvisa for certain work and you could make a pinwheel out of cards and place it in your yard. Speaking of the yard, cards can be tossed into a yard or across the path of one to be influenced. And let me talk to you quickly about this. As people walk along in their daily life, if they see a playing card, okay, they will stop. And pick that card the fuck up. Let me say that to you again. It has been my experience that when people encounter, quote, lost or, quote, rogue playing cards, they stop and pick them up. At least at least to look at them, at least to get a closer look at them. They may put it back where they found it. They may toss it over the shoulder and walk on their life. But they will pick it the fuck up. They will pick them up whether they're back is showing or whether their face is showing. Now, think about that a minute. Seriously. If you were walking down the street, say, right in front of your uh, house, and you saw, oh, what looked like a yellow powder that had mixed not with local soil at the end of your walkway, you wouldn't walk through it. You'd stop. You wouldn't reach down and stick your finger in it. You'd go, "Uh uh-oh. If you encountered, oh, I don't know, tied black feathers, hopefully you wouldn't just stop and pick them up. All right? If you encountered many of the different items that are used in the vast cornucopia, the vast school of hoodoo, conjure, and root work, you would not necessarily stop and pick them up. 
you might examine it, you might take a picture of it, might call your buddy and say, hey, what's this? Okay, send him a little Snapchat picture, etc. But I'm telling you, people will stop and pick up a playing card. Not just regular folks, but workers, people experienced in hoodoo, people experienced in magic will seemingly intentionally contaminate themselves with cards. They're fast we're fascinated by them. We're fascinated. I know people, artists and others who collect found playing cards. There is a club, I kid you not. There is a club of people who try to put together complete decks for their use only of found playing cards. It's the rule of the club. You have to you, you, you have to your deck has to be made up of cards you found. Okay. But I'm telling you, people who actually do this work will stop and seemingly lose their mind and pick up a card. So this idea of tossing a card in the yard, putting it where you target your person that you're trying to affect is going to walk uh, by their car, in the parking lot, wherever, people will stop. You could take a card and stick it on the outside of somebody's mailbox. It could be the goddamn uh, a ten of spades, okay? And people will walk up to their mailbox and go, what the hell is this? And pick it up off their mailbox won't knock it over with a stick, okay? They'll just pick them up. They'll just pick them up. So that means that using a playing card in this way, positively, negatively, however you want to think about it, can be easily done by simply tossing a card into a yard or backyard, across their path, onto their stoop, onto their walkway, where they will walk or where they'll see it. Cards can also be hidden in books, under rugs, Inside cushions, uh, under, uh, say, a couch or chair cushion. And in fact, there's some effective spells for affecting people who sit in chairs that have cards hidden under them because they're sitting on top of them. And again, I guarantee you that when people eventually clean the house, we don't all vacuum under the cushions every day. You know, maybe you do it once a month, maybe you do it once a year. Okay, and they lift up that cushion, and you know what's down there? Oh, 16 cents in pennies and nickels, uh, a Spanish peanut, an M&M that got away, a couple of pieces of popcorn. Oh, there's my spare key, and a playing card. They will never jump up and go, oh, Lord, what's this playing card doing here? They'll go, well, how the hell? They'll They'll go and get the deck they might use to play bridge or canasta and count through it like oh did i lose the two of hearts or, you know can't effectively do that they can therefore be placed in papers into a wallet mailed to someone in an envelope placed inside a hat band both inside and outside placed into boots and shoes uh, both intentionally and hidden under insoles etc so there are a variety of ways that cards can be used and delivered to those you're going to be doing work for, either whether it be positive work or negative work, whether it be work with their knowledge or without. Next week, we are going to get into some of these spells and the idea behind them. 
So this week we just talked a little bit about the how and the why the hell should I of it. So hope to see you here next week for that. Up next, we're going to be going into the kitchen to talk about alfalfa. Oh, yeah, alfalfa. Good with money. Good with money. Good for loans. You know, you need all that stuff, if you start today. Montana way Trying to live On a cowpuncher's pay Been changing them down In the new summer hay Irrigating alfalfa For six bucks a day I'll tell you my story I'd be on my way But the savings are slow to come On six bucks a day Out here in the fields While the water runs down With the sun high above And the sky all around I'm a-dreaming my dreams Of the Canada land And the places I'd go If the money was mine I'll tell you my story I'd be on my way but the savings are slow to come on six bucks a day. Come Saturday night, you draw out some pay, then you go into town. Just to throw it away When the end of the month Comes a-rolling your way Well, you ain't got much left At six bucks a day I'll tell you my story I'd be on my way But the savings are slow to come On six bucks a day If I drew out my time And I paid off my debts I couldn't get to Great Falls On what I have left But I got me no choice When them diesel horns blow Come a wind from the highway 
I gotta pick up and go Yeah, money or none at all They can't hold me this way For my blankets are rolled and tied And I'm leaving today Okay, first of all, let me just say, I checked with Johnny. He has now turned this my mic up as far as my mic will go. So I should sound louder, but I don't know if that's going to help. Sorry, don't know what these problems are. We've checked everything at Iron again. That's three times. Not us. Uh, I, I'm flabbergasted. Uh, I don't know. It's not just because she's my wife. Seriously. Uh, okay. The two chocolate chip cookies go to Christy XP. That was, in fact, six bucks a day. <laughs> she got that right, but she also was right. That's Chris Ledoux, L-E-D-O-U-X. Chris Ledoux with six bucks a day. Uh, so congratulations on the cookies. I thought I would have everybody stymied on that one. I figured no one was going to win that one. Oh, well, guess that'll learn me. Tonight in the kitchen, we're going to be talking about alfalfa and not irrigating alfalfa like Chris Ledoux does. Alfalfa, uh, as you may know, is a very common pasture plant. It is a member of the bean and pea family, and it's widely believed to have the power to bring about good fortune for money matters uh, through business success, gambling, etc. It is said to keep poverty away to prevent uh, troubles with money okay and to bring about uh, financial security now <clears throat> it might be a little interesting to you to know that some of this comes from the fact uh, that uh, it is a high quality hay that keeps animals fed during times of want. In other words, it's better than the normal quality hay. Feeding with alfalfa is, is far superior. Uh, and also, alfalfa is an ingredient in Gambler's Gold Lucky 7 Hand Wash. So let's talk about a few things you can use alfalfa for. Well, you can use it as a floor sprinkle for financial success. If you have a shop uh, or place of business, you can mix sifted alfalfa leaves with Irish moss on a Friday and place four pinches in the corners of the store and one pinch in the center of the main room of the store or shop or at the draw or at the doorway to help draw money. Now, the mixture picked up from the previous week, because you do this every Friday. So before you put down the new, you sweep up the old. So the from the previous Friday, you would burn on charcoal and take the ashes and rub it on the money in the cash register to ensure steady income. 
You can also, instead of, say, let's say you don't own a shop, let's say you're a homemaker, let's say you just live in the house and do whatever, let's say you're a stay-at-home mother, stay-at-home father, uh, housemakers may keep a packet of alfalfa leaves in the kitchen to protect against poverty, and so that's one example. You can also use alfalfa to make your money go further. Alfalfa seed has a similar use to alfalfa leaves, and a packet of alfalfa seed sewn shut and kept in your wallet is said to make your money last longer between your paydays. Okay? Your paydays. Now, interestingly enough, fenugreek is also said to draw in money, and the two types of seeds, which are botanically related, by the way. So fenugreek and alfalfa seeds can be combined in one packet to go in your wallet or your billfold for added power. Okay? You can also use alfalfa as a mo in a mojo for getting a loan. And we tell and then there was a little bit about that in the song. You can wrap in a small photo uh taken out of like a catalog or taken uh Let's say you see it on Amazon and you capture the picture and print it out like this is what I want to buy. And so you take a pinch of alfalfa leaves, put it on the photo, and then wrap it up in that picture of what you want to purchase with the loan inside. Uh, okay, and then let me just finish now. Hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Inside a paper on which you have written your monetary petition. Signed with your name. So in other words, you write out like a loan statement. I wish to be loaned, blah, blah, give me the money so I can have, I will agree to pay back. You put down the picture, you put the pinch of alfalfa leaves on it, and you wrap it all up together after you've signed your name to it, as if you had signed your name to an actual loan, you see. And then you carry that wrapped up paper with the alfalfa leaves inside it and the picture, okay, in a green mojo. And you keep that on you when you go to the bank to ask for the loan. So this is going to be a big item, a tractor, uh, a car, a house, property, a boat, something that you're going to need a loan from a bank for. Because generally, a bank will not give you a loan for a new uh, plasma screen TV. And then finally, you can use alfalfa in a gambling hand to make your stake last longer. Okay, Gamblers place a pinch of alfalfa leaves in a green flannel bag or in their pocket when they go to place a bet. So like, let's say, at the racetrack, because they believe that it will bring in money to make their stake last longer. Now, such a gambling hand usually contains at least three ingredients, and the other two may be selected from a man that are to draw gambling luck, such as allspice, nutmeg, a rabbit's foot, or a silver dime. Going to use this at a racetrack, I might also suggest adding into that bag a $2 bill. 
So there are just a few of the variety of uses that we find from alfalfa. And I hope that you'll take a little bit of time this week to consider alfalfa, because most people that I know just think of it as fodder. They just think is, well, that's alfalfa. That's what you feed animals. But now you know that you can use it for other things, because you see, that's what we're doing here. We're just trying to give you a little information, just trying to show you a little light, just trying to guide your footsteps, just trying to send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network, in the vanguard! is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Kendallo's Corner with Kendallo Kandisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All Times Pacific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Lucky 
Yes, visit us online in the comforts of your own home and go through page after page of thousands and thousands of items from all Yes, at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. <laughs> Tell them that Lefty the Skeleton and I sent you. <laughs> he's, he's getting worse. I mean, he's getting worse. You know? I mean, it's impossible to follow him. I mean, we just ought to close the show with him. In fact, we should just have him do the whole show. It's like trying to go on after Vera Lynn. I mean, it's a, you might as well have Vincent Price reading the phone book. I mean, come on. Forget about it. Up next, he said with some rue. Up next, <laughs> our tonight's special guest that we're going to have in here live, ladies and gentlemen, live. That's right. The one, the only, Miss Aida, author of Cursing and Crossing. Oh, yes. The Association of Independent Reader and Root Workers' very own witchy woman.
And, of course, the winner of the Name It and Claim It on that was our own troll Towelhead, who correctly guessed that that was the Eagles with Witty Woman. And before we bring our own witchy woman, Miss Aida, in, <clears throat> well, this has been asked as a special request. And you know, when you're a guest on the Now You Know show, we try to make you happy. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, from KTVT's Horror Chiller Theater, the one and only Count Goulash. Good evening, boys and girls. It is I, Count Goulash, again here to introduce tonight's special guest, the Queen of Screams. Oh, yes, the nurse of the curse, the one. The only Miss Aida. <laughs> thank, thank you, Count Goulash. Are you there, Miss Aida? Yes, I am. Wow, that was quite an introduction. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you. We are so glad to have you with us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you if you. You're more than welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who Miss Aida is, you need to find out. Miss Aida is a member of the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers and a longtime and excellent worker who you can find at MissAida.com and also the author of the incredible Cursing and Crossing, Hoodoo Spells to Torment, Jinx, and Take Revenge on Your Enemy. So be sure to check her out. Now, Miss Aida, I now hear what everybody was talking about. We do have some sort of technical glitch tonight, and we're all just going to have to live with it. Uh, so just snuggle up close to your close to your phone so we can hear you. Okay, so, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. So tell us you. a little bit to start out. Tell us a little bit about Miss Aida. Who is Miss Aida? Where is she from? Tell us the tale. Well, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. My mother's from Cuba, was from Cuba. My father was Greek. And that's where I'm from. <laughs> and how did you get involved in all this? In in magic, I grew up with it. My mother was a santera and a bruja. My uncles were Valeros. My grandmother was a Santera. So I grew up with this. Uh, magic was a way of everyday life for me. Now, some of the folks who are going to listen to this tonight or will listen in the future will not know what all that meant. So tell us first what a bruja is. A bruja is a witch. It's just okay. uh, a different way of practicing magic. Okay, and a Santera? A Santera is someone, or Santero, is someone who is <clears throat> initiated into the practice of Santeria, and they actually will have an essence of one of their Orishas embedded into their head. So they have an essence of that Orisha with them at all times. 
I understand. Well, thank you for explaining that for the folks at home because, you know, they might listen to this in, uh, I don't know, 50 years when you and I are both long gone and go, what? What is that? What is she saying? What does she mean? <laughs> so it's good to it's good to get it out now so they can understand that. Now, uh, are you yourself uh, involved with Santeria? I am, and I'm, and I'm not. My mother had me initiated when she was pregnant, so. It wasn't a, a complete um, initiation in my eyes, but in many um, delays, which are houses of Santeria, they recognize me as a full Santeria. Mm-hmm. So it no, depends you, on, on what a lay. Okay, that makes sense. And are you uh, initiated into any other tradition? In Palo, yes. Okay. So there you go, folks. See, you want to know, we're going to find out. Now, now you know, show, and we're going to get to know Miss Aida. A few of you may be familiar with Miss Aida from her appearances on the Lucky Mojo to Root Work Hour. Say that six times fast. And she has always been a, an excellent guest on the show. That show, of course, broadcast on Sundays, hosted by our own friends, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali. And I have to tell you that every time you haven't heard her on the Now You Know show, excuse me, on the Lucky Mojo Hooter Hour, you want to go back and catch those shows because uh, Miss Aida leaves them uh, laid out in the aisles with some of the topics and subjects she brings the notorious use of surgical drills on skull candles and other such things. And I believe that you have an expertise with such tools for a particular reason, Miss Aida. Well, sure, I like to inflict pain. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean that you have a professional background. I do want to, if you don't mind, I'd like to to uh, brag on Papa Newt. He's my webmaster. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on MissAida.com, on my website, he has a page for appearances. And he has every single radio show I've done for Lucky Mojo on that page. So you can just click on the MissAida.com and instead of archiving. Right, that's right. So you can hear them all. You can hear about the spring drills, the the whole nine yards, folks. So just go over there. Anything you want to know about that's nasty. (laughs) (laughs) So you do have a reputation as as. Oh, what did it? What did uh, what did the Count Goulash say? Uh, the Queen of Screams, the nurse who can curse. And well, of course, you know, I, I was always raised that you've got to get down and dirty and put your all into any spell that you perform. You just got to get into it. You got to. 
You know, well, if you I'm are... just going to stand over something and say, I curse you, guess what? It isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that kind of led to this wonderful book, Cursing and Crossing, Who Do Spells to Torment, Jinx, and t- Take Revenge on Your Enemies. Um, and that came out this May, and uh, it was my extreme honor uh, to get introduced to your workshop about the book. And i got to tell you, I've got the book right in front of me right now, and it is an excellent, excellent book. But I have to say something publicly, in listening range of everyone who can hear my voice and everyone who will hear my voice in the archives. Guys, seriously, if you were at the workshop, it was a setup. She and I prearranged it. We worked it out enough. Uh, I mean, I'm getting nasty mail about, oh, you said something about Miss Aida's shoes. You killed her tarantulas. You're a son of a bitch. Guys, it was an act. Just an act. Tell, tell them about um, Gray Townsend. He, he thought it was because you hurt yourself. Gray Townsend thought I was doing it because I had, well, I had, um, I had uh, wrapped my head pretty hard. In the uh, Lucky Mojo Curio Company barn uh, the day before, and uh, when we started doing our little routine, Gray thought that I was out of my damn head. I uh, was getting ready to get up and escort me away and get me medical aid. So, <laughs> does everybody? You can stop with the nasty letters now. Uh, I forgot <laughs> to tell people that it was. I forgot. You kept you kept reminding me, don't forget to tell everybody that this is a setup and I forgot. <laughs> well, they look like they're gonna come for me. Anyway. <laughs> so oh. do you ever feel I mean, obviously, you have great skill at cursing, crossing, jinxing, the whole nine yards. Do you ever feel a little boxed in? You know, sometimes actors uh, get uh, typecast. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, oh, uh, Leonard Nimoy can only play Spock or whatever. Do you ever sort of say, boy, I wish I would talk work? Or, you know, what about my gambling work, right? Uh, well, I like to practice magic as I did nursing you know I, I I'm a nurse also and you know just like doctors and nurses and magical practitioners we learn everything you know we have to learn a, we have to have a broad knowledge base right but then we spit we we spit we pick a specialty area so for me it was emergency medicine then later administration so that's how I feel about my magical practice. I'd rather be an expert in a few subjects than what is the other called? A jack of trades and a master of none. So no, I don't I don't feel boxed in. Not at all. This is my choice. So you're just you're just gone into your specialty, uh <clears throat> the endometriologist of cursing. Break up also in lust and yeah. spirit 
eradications and, of course, helping animals because everybody knows how much I love animals. Okay, and we do. And I should let you all know that Miss Aida is a great lover of animals. She has many herself and is involved in the training of dogs and Schutzhund and a well-known lover of animals, Miss Aida. Now, there's a popular phrase, and you see it all over the Internet. You see it all in books, and people say it all the time, sitting on the porch trying to sound wise. And I would like to hear your take on it. And the phrase is as follows, and I'll just sum it up. You cannot heal if you cannot hurt. You cannot curse if you cannot bless. What is Miss Aida's take on that saying? Okay. My first language is Spanish. I have no idea what the hell you just said to me. <laughs> okay. You I'm going to call Candelo and okay. he'll translate. I'm thinking of a dog healing. Okay. You cannot, I'm sorry. You cannot heal. You mean heal as in blessing healing. Unless right. you can harm. Uh, right. You can't curse unless you know how to bless. Okay. No clue. Sorry, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks, here's what we're going to do now. Candelo Convisa is going to call into the show, and we're going to do the I Love Lucy situation where I say it to Candelo, <laughs> Candelo says it to her, she says it to Candelo. And right like that, folks, Candela Cambisa drops out of the chat room. Boom, he's gone. All right, so it's this idea that do one side without being able to do the other, that they're ineffective. Oh, 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 yes, of course, of course. And now I get it. Why didn't you say that in the first place? <laughs> I did. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and now yes, this is, you know, as far as the first half, when you say you cannot curse unless you bless, um, you know, it has a lot to do with what I say over and over and over in the book of Cursing and Crossing to make sure that you're justified, right? I mean, if, if you don't have a good heart and you're just walking around cursing everybody, that's really bad. I mean, it's it's not well-rounded. It's it's just the wrong thing to do. So the blessing, you have to do this in good conscience with pure heart. And in your workshop, you spent a, a, a good segment of that workshop discussing the idea of being justified. Exactly. Uh, and I thought you did an excellent job. Could you tell the listeners a little bit more about what you mean by being just that term. What I'm, do, what sorry, do you mean? I'm sorry, Professor Porterfield, it was all broken up. Could I'm sorry, we're having, a, we're having bad technical difficulties this evening. I'll try again, folks. It's live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, could you tell the folks at home who are listening a little bit more about what you mean by being justified. You don't, one does not indiscriminately curse anybody. There's got to be a good reason, a damn good reason, because when we curse, we're 
inflicting a lot of harm, a lot of harm. And it's almost akin to if someone spit on you, you don't blow their brains out, right? You're going to blow their brains out if your life is threatened or if they killed somebody that was close to you or if your life is threatened. You've you've got to be justified. It's cursing is a very very serious business, and people don't realize that we don't act out of emotion because we can inflict serious harm. And that's why I tell everybody: wait, just wait, wait a week, and see how you feel a week later. I I, I tell people. You know, in, in, in my sport, <clears throat> you had mentioned Schutzen earlier, you know, through the years, I've been kicked out of places. People have disliked me because I hug and kiss my dogs. And a lot of the macho clubs, they don't like that. And I've been berated. I've been humiliated. I've been yelled at. I've, I don't go home and curse these people. I mean, because they hurt my feelings. I'm going to inflict serious harm. I'm going to blow their brains out. Of course not. Of course not. So you've got to be justified because cursing is a dangerous game. Very dangerous. The difference between magical cursing and having a lethal weapon in your hand, there's not much difference. That's why we've got to be justified. I hope I've clarified that somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And and to some extent, you're sort of quoting the Mikado here where you're saying, let the punishment fit the crime. Exactly. Uh, and I suppose to some extent, you're also saying that uh, revenge is a dish best served cold uh, rather absolutely. than in the heat of the moment. Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Um, I brought a I brought a doll to the workshop, and it was a real doll. It was we actually cursed this doll. We beat it. That some of the the practitioners in the audience they tied duct tape around its neck. They tied its legs up. They were beating it. They drew cursing sigils on it. That was wonderful. Do you know how long I thought about this curse? For a year. A year. And when I brought that doll to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Heritage Festival, wow. I mean, revenge being a dish served best cold, look what I got in return. I got 125 people beating the crap out of this doll. Because I waited. I waited for the right moment. Well, there you go, folks. And uh, you might want to write down to yourself right now that Miss Aida is not the person you want to meddle with. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the book. I have it. I know it's wonderful. I got to read it before it came out. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo to the rest of you. But... Currently for sale through Lucky Mojo. I know it's also up on Amazon, and I believe that this week 
Uh, it also got uh, a Facebook page. So if you all would like to go over to its Facebook page and like it, you can do so. Leave reviews or purchase it through that page, even from Lucky Mojo. Oh, I've got a contest going on now. I'm oh, giving away tell five us about the contest. Say again, please. Uh, tell us again. Okay, the contest, I'm giving away five free books, and I am asking a question. What's the first and foremost, most important thing that you must do before performing a cursing spell? And, of course, the people on this radio show now know the answer. Aha, see folks, you've already you're already in like Flynn for this contest because now you know. So go over to Facebook, find the Cursing and Crossing Facebook page and enter that contest and you too might win a free Will they be signed? Will you sign them? Absolutely. A free Absolutely. copy of the book signed by Miss Aida, folks. It's a, that's a that's a, a value right there. Could you tell us a little bit about how you came to write the book? What led up to oh, that? Did that, you just sit down? That, that, credit, that credit goes completely 100% to Miss Cat, to Catherine Ironwood. I uh, wanted to write a book about skull candles. <clears throat> I said, oh, and I called her up. I said, Cat, what do you think about me writing a book about skull candles? Because everybody knows how much I love working with skull candles and we all know how miss cat is you know she's like well she says no i got an idea for you (laughs) she said write the book on cursing and crossing (laughs) so that's what happened i thought duh why didn't i think of that (laughs) i do it all the time and i didn't even think about it (laughs) it is a wonderful book yeah, she knows us. I mean, she knows what we do the best and how we do it and how to talk to us. And it didn't take any convincing, I'll tell you. I, I just It never crossed my mind, even though I do it all the time. Well, so. it is it is an excellent book and is very well received. And I hope that everybody will take an opportunity to get a hold of it. Uh, once again, if you're looking to win a free copy, go over to the Cursing and Crossing Facebook page and enter that new contest. Miss Aida is giving away five free signed copies. It could be you who wins. Now, Miss Aida. Could I add one other thing about my book? Yes, please do. Okay, I have. Skull candles in there, obviously. (laughs) I've got skull candles. And because it's a cursing book, I did not add that if you look at page 40, page 41, and part of page 42, that these spells, by looking at the diagram that Gray Townsend drew, boy, that man's an artistic genius, okay? By looking at the skull candle and the areas of the brain and what the functions of each areas are, that one could perform other spells, not only cursing and crossing. You can perform anything. You can perform love spells, clarity, tranquility, 
you can perform a zillion spells in which you have to or try to convince someone to see things your way. So those pages actually pertain to any type of spell, not just cursing and crossing. And and that's absolutely correct. And I have to tell you, folks, uh, that what somebody is talking about is that on page 40 of uh, Cursing and Crossing, there is a, a beautifully uh, rendered illustration. It's a cutaway in profile of a human skull showing the brain within it. And in the book, she shows you what is the frontal lobe, the occipital lobe, temporal lobe, brain stem, et cetera, et cetera. And how, and she discusses how each one of those parts of the brain, what they control, what they deal with, uh, such as, oh, the occipital lobe uh, is for interpreting vision, including color, light, and movement. And then she goes on to talk about how uh, you can affect the various parts of the brain on a skull candle to get particular responses. And it's an excellent part of an excellent book. Uh, now, I know, and you brought up earlier, that you also do work concerning uh, care and love and uh, well-being of animals. Yes. And, uh, I, love I love animals. And you know, initially you asked me about Santeria and Paolo, and I don't practice anymore. I do practice aspects of it that don't involve animal sacrifice, but I gave that up decades ago because my love for animals is is more profound. And, yes, I do also work with healing animals. And could you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, a lot of our listeners have pets, and they have uh, uh, very dear pets and household family member-level pets. And uh, what what do you find is, you know, like outside of specific cases, obviously people come to you and say, this is going on. But in general, what can we do to protect our, our animal friends or to in a sense. I'm sorry you're broken up again. What can we do to protect? What and, did you say after that? Protect and aid, protect and help our our pets and animal friends spiritually. What can we do for them? I did a, a radio show on that, and I'm a very firm believer in making teas out of herbs. You know, herbs such as Angelica or or whatever. You can look those up on www.luckymojo.com slash mojocatherbs.html. And you can find the different herbs. And I'm a very firm believer of making tea, straining them, putting them in spray bottles, and then spraying the dog. Because we don't want to be your pet. We don't want to be using oils or sachet powders or, you know, bat crystals we could use to a certain extent, right? But we don't want the animals eating this. So the best thing to do is to spray them. I also put protective amulets on their collars. And you can find 
<clears throat> protection amulets also at Lucky Mojo. They don't necessarily have to be specifically to protect pets. They can be just like we protect ourselves. I mean, these animals have souls. So if you want to put an anti-evil eye on the collar, that's perfectly acceptable. How many people hate animals and, and give them the evil eye and wish they were dead? So when I look at spells for animals, Aside from, you know, working with St. Francis of Assisi or St. Martin of Porus, St. Rocco, he's a patron saint of dogs. You know, aside from that would be specifically you would work with those specific saints for helping animals. But as far as everything else, I, I treat them just like I would a human being. Healing candles, um healing herbs, like again, like I said, the teas that we spray them, don't feed them anything, and protection amulets and blessings and, oh, my, you know, my my animals all get blessed once a week with holy water. So well, basically similar, very similar. That makes you perfect sense. You can always also make, um, make puppets. You can make animal poppets. Now, in that, when you do that, now you can apply the oils. Now you can apply the sachets. Now you can do all these things. Poppets are a big deal. My dog, Athena, she had three days to live. She had cancer. She had three days to live. And many people in the hoodoo community, we all got together. Miss Cat, Catherine Ironwood was one of them. And we prolonged Athena's life five weeks. And the only reason she died was because I told her, I said, Athena, if it's your time to go, don't stay here just for me. Then the next day she got violently ill and I put her down. So we did a lot of poppet work, a lot. Now for these, these baby dolls, these poppets, I assume, tell me if I'm wrong, you know, uh, I've I've had dogs before and I have cats and they shed. I mean, they shed like nobody's business. And I have, you know, when I clean up whatever, I end up with little piles of animal fur. And I assume I can use that to, from the animal, to stuff their doll. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can also oil candles and roll the candles in in the hair or whatever you have. You know, their finger their fingernails. You know, I'm, I'm I'm very bad. I understand with dogs and cats they're called paws, but I don't like that. You know, with their fingernails and their toenails. When I cut their fingernails and toenails, I keep them. I uh-huh. keep them. And you can stuff them with that. And by the way. Because I do have German Shepherd dogs, and they're all Schutzen, which means in German protection dog, and that's what they're trained in, I will also put my dog's nail clippings in protection mojo hands. Well, that's wonderful. That makes a lot of sense. That's a very interesting idea right there. So now we know. (laughs) <laughs> now we now know. you know show the now you know show <laughs> that's right 
So where can folks find you? They can find me on the Lucky Mojo Forum. In fact, you are an administrator, yes, an administrator on the Lucky Mojo Forum. That's right. You can find me on the forum. They can find me at my website, MissAida.com. You can find me on my Facebook page, and you can also find me on the new Cursing and Crossing Facebook page. And also at the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. Most importantly, yes. Absolutely. Well, Miss Aida, thank you so much for taking a little bit of uh, your time to come in and talk to us. It was so nice to have you here. And, folks, once again, the book is Cursing and Crossing, Hoodoo Spells to Torment, Jinx, and Take Revenge on Your Enemies, available right now from LuckyMojo.com or on Amazon, or go over to the Cursing and Crossing Facebook page. Like the page, enter the contest, and see if you can win one of the free copies signed from Miss Aida. Five copies, that's right. There'll be five winners, folks. And thank you again, Miss Aida, for being with us. And as we start to pass out of the show, have a little song just to play for our own Miss Aida. The most famous of all the voodoo queens that ever existed is uh, Marie Laveau down in Louisiana. A lot of weird, ungodly tales about Marie. She's supposed to have a lot of magic potions and spells and curses. Down in Louisiana, where the black trees grow, lives a voodoo lady named Marie Laveau. She got a black cat tooth and a mojo bone. Anyone who wouldn't leave her alone, she goes. Another man done gone. She lives in a swamp and a Her fangs started gnashing, her 
body started trembling and her eyes started flashing and she went. Another man done gone. chocolate chip cookies the first one goes to troll towelhead the song is indeed called marie laveau and the second cookie goes to papa newt you got it papa newt it was bobby bear jack mac, mac davis was a good guest nagashiva but it was bobby bear so good for you papa newt well folks we're about to wind up here and i hope that you will spend some time this week thinking about using those regular old ordinary uh, playing cards in your work. If you would like to read more about such things, you can find it in a deck of spells by myself. I also think that this week is a good week for you to look into thinking about alfalfa. Remember our card of the week and little things that grow and little things that bring money. It's not just for feed. So think about alfalfa, and if you would tell more about alfalfa and dozens and dozens of other such things, you can find it in Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. And finally, we want to say thank you once again to our own Miss Aida from <laughs> Readers and Root Workers Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers for being on the show with us. And check out her wonderful book, Crossing and Cursing. Free contest going on, kids. Don't miss out. Well, that's about it for me. I mean, uh, everything's winding up here, I guess. I guess this is just the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I'll eat Fordwell, Texas, and go to Texas, cattle, and don't back to Fordwell. I'm on down to Dallas, drink call Kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City And Kansas City, St. Louis And St. Louis, Chicago I'm on my way But I'm doing well Change cars On the TV Leaving Fort Worth, Texas Going to Dallas Hotel Grand Sling 